0: Ladies and gentlemen, may I please have your attention. It is with a warm welcome that I welcome you here all tonight. It's a special edition of Almost Weekend, entirely in English. Of course, we have lots of distinguished guests coming from abroad, and we have a very exciting show ahead of us. The theme for today is the beautiful risk of human weakness.
1: If only I could sleep the whole day long. If only I could dream, I'd be happy and strong. Sleep is a traitor, a faithless friend. Sleep is a whore I crave for more and more. with no dream, make me feel safe. I can face the night, the day makes me scream. The day is so rough, so full of demands. I can't take the pressure. I need to get off
0: Does anyone in this room actually know what's going on? Does anyone really know what it means to be a human being and what life really is? With so many, I, I presume there are lots of psychologists and doctors and therapists and professors and everything. Does anyone here really know if someone can just put up a hand? Cause I would love to know. <laughs> no. I don't see any hands, no? So I work in a hospital, and we are trying also, of course, to figure out what it means to be a human being. As you can see, we we do things a bit differently. We are all here, after all. And part of the things that we do differently as well is working with the youths in different ways. And to introduce you to one of the ways that we actually work with them differently, Is something we called a kickoff camp. So, without me saying anything anymore, Christopher, are you ready to roll the movie? Excellent, please enjoy. Of camp in August, and we just happen to be so lucky tonight to have two very brave young men who are going to come on stage with us. To let you guys in on how brave these guys actually are, on the last evening on Thursday night, we had like an evening where everyone could present something either singing or a talent or something creative. And these two young men did a stand-up comedy without preparing at all for 15 minutes. So, please give them applause. Lars Martin and Simon Andre. (laughs) It's very nice to have you guys here. Thank you. Thanks. How does it feel now? Um, Pretty nervous. Pretty nervous. Feels yeah. good. I just drank a whole bottle
2: of water. Yeah. It, it felt weird going like to a place with bartenders, and
0: all I wanted was water. It's <laughs> very good. Uh, how old are you now? I'm fifteen. Fifteen. So that's quite natural, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And you, Simon? How old are you now? Uh, I just turned seventeen. This just turned 14. seventeen. Fourteen. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. Thanks. Here, so have a, have a gift.
2: I always, I always carry guitar picks. So here,
0: remember me by nice.
3: this. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, man.
0: <coughs> so You're welcome. Simon Andrea actually had really no idea tonight what he was going to. Uh, when he came into the local for about uh, one and a half hour ago, and I told him that there would be lots of people. How did that feel?
3: Well, it just felt like. I just wasn't ready, quite ready just yet. But as the more I wait, the more I wait, the more used to the feeling I got.
4: Yeah.
3: Which kind of I can relate to when going to my first camp here on kickoff. Yeah. Like I didn't know anyone or barely knew anyone. Uh, I didn't know the place we were going to. I didn't know what. What's going to happen there? Was I going to get rejected? Don't get any friends or something like that. But when I got up, when I go up, um, I just went with the flow and it was pretty fun,
0: to be honest. Yeah. Because you you have a track record now, don't you? It wasn't your first tap this year. You've been there before as well. Yes. How many times have you been there now? Uh, this year was my second time. This time was your second. And this year you were also a youth leader? I was that last year. Last as well. year as well. So you were given quite a lot of responsibility on these camps. Uh, not so much, but <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> enough that I was allowed to like tell people if they were going too far or yeah. if they. Like, didn't want to join the events with other people. I kind of like wanted to let them experience the same stuff that everyone else did.
0: Mm. Uh, part of the responsibility as a youth leader is, is, of course, or is not, of course, but is part of just sharing a little bit about who you are and how you came to be who you are today as well. Mm. Did that feel okay both last year and this year? I haven't really thought, thought too much about it. No? So it was quite natural for you to sort of open up and, and show at least that part My of the world. My true Yeah, your true colors in a sense. Yeah. Did you feel any sort of anxiety for it, or was it so natural that you also got a natural response from the other people who were there? Um, well, last year I wasn't that much of a leader
3: you could see that on our dorm room (laughs) at least (laughs) (laughs) he actually called us the Olsen gang or in Norwegian Olsenbanden (laughs) since our room both the floor and the walls were just covered in (laughs) M&M's
0: and trash and all uh, all of that stuff you 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 certainly had your fun there there's no doubt about that (laughs) it it was a typical boys room on camp yeah and this year as well this was your first time yeah this was my
2: first time uh, actually my second time on a camp at all yeah and the previous camp I was on I was 12 so so yeah, it w- it was actually pretty scary for me pretty scary yeah. like it, it took me about a day to get settled in and I met you and I but, so so uh, you guys actually met
0: the first day and sort of... Yeah,
2: we met on the bus, but... I just thought you were really, really weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> I get
0: oh, that that's long. honest. Yeah.
2: No, but in in the end, it, like, as, like he said, uh, the last day we ended up doing stand-up, and we decided that 10 minutes before it started, the show started, and we were like, uh saying all these random things and we made each other laugh and we were like hey I know what we should do we should do a stand up
0: <laughs> and, and so were, we did and you were actually on for 15 minutes yeah somehow we made them laugh somehow somehow yeah
3: with <laughs> our <was> lame jokes <laughs> yeah no, uh, it, it was actually well,
0: quite <laughs> impressive but this is a camp uh sort of uh, with meaning you could say yeah, and it's absolutely. also about sort of trying to to share and understand yeah. other people and where other people are coming from as well. And absolutely. everyone has the opportunity to sort of share their story and sort of try to relate that to other people as well. Mm. And, and in a sense, it's like, uh, like you said, it's like opening up and showing your, your true colors so of what's inside. What was that like for you? It was,
2: well, <coughs> to me, I... I like to be open, but I prefer people to let people know about me by them asking mm. or through a conversation. I don't like I don't like just you don't like just shout out the window what you do. And maybe some do on Facebook
3: today, but i I don't
0: yeah like
3: it's like that on normal days as well. like you don't go to your window, open it and shout out. I'm awake now. Everybody. <laughs> or, you, or you don't just
2: randomly tell your friend like, Oh, hey, how are you? I don't care. My mom just got divorced. That would be like, strange. Like how, how would you continue that conversation? Imagine that someone just came to you and told them that um, either their parents, if they're still alive, of course, or that they got divorced. Just like that. That would be, uh, that's an awful icebreaker. That's an ice
0: maker. <laughs> that's definitely an awful <laughs> icebreaker. But given that you guys are actually sort of the experts on, on what it's like to be on a camp and, uh, and experience the camp, do you think it was meaningful for the other youths that were there as well to sort of open up and be able to have like a common ground to be able to show who they were and, and sort of their weaknesses as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It takes actually a whole day to meet someone because the first day I was like really shy, and because later on I've developed like trust
0: issues, and um, so it was like an intense experience,
2: yeah, like I tend to look at like um, just imagine like i I like to make sure that I'm not appearing. Like, as an annoying type to
0: people.
5: Yeah.
0: The, you both seems like, seem like quite ref- reflective young men. Yeah, I get that well, a lot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's normal for kids my age to know the solution to global warming, uh, the Cold War, and to know the fact that mushrooms and fungus have eight different genders.
3: They have? Yeah, they
2: Very do. Very nice. <laughs> I like it. They do. I I don't know what they're called, but I I just remember reading it in science class sometime.
0: Yeah. So it's a lot of information that you actually catch on to that most people don't do. Yeah,
2: and and that's also a cool icebreaker, like (laughs) uh, oh, I heard you're like a really smart person. Uh, Yeah, I can say facts like, did you know that uh, mushrooms have eight genders? And and then I just walk and they just stand like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) Quite understandable, actually, I think. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Given that I am so lucky to have two experts on stage as well, what does it mean for you guys to be a human being?
3: Where's the experts?
0: Right there. Because you're you're the expert on you. Not really. No? Actually, not really.
3: No
2: one one knows better than you what it's like to be you.
3: But still, I don't use more than 10% of my own brain.
2: Oh, well, actually, they, uh, they broke that myth. Nice. Way to go for the Mythbusters.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so what's the actual fact? Uh, there, first of all, there's actually no way of determining how many percent of the brain you use. But and second of all, they... They just looked at like what parts of the brain, how much brain activity there was when they were to think about certain stuff or ask or answer certain questions. And they saw that in most parts of the brain there were activity all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: they they determined to bust the myth.
0: S- so then let me ask you this then. Are you more than just your brain activity? Absolutely. Your brain is just a result of everything else. Like, you, you may
2: need your. You're your in command of your brain. Like, the, your brain is like your body's CPU. Basically. Or your brain, muscles, and nerve
0: systems are like your CPU. <laughs> like, you're basically a giant computer. So, if I understand this correctly, your statement is saying that basically we're just processing information. Yeah, yeah that's the job of our brain. So, that's the job of our information processing units, basically. Yeah, but
2: I like not to think about it that way. It doesn't matter what I am because I exp- I, 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 still experience what I experience. And
5: yeah.
2: if that that feels real, so
0: I don't care if it's real. It feels real to me. feels real to you. So le- let's come back to a little bit on the theme, the, the sort of the beautiful risk of weakness. Yeah. Is there a possibility that all this uh, information processing as well then can make something positive out of something that can be deemed as a weakness? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So if you've gone through both traumatic experiences or you have qualities about yourself or something that can be regarded as a weakness...
2: Yeah, for instance, um, I am a victim of uh, child sexual abuse. Okay. And... um, And also bullying. So you have quite the story. Yeah, Uh,
0: the abuse went on for nine years, and the bullying ended. And regardless, I understand you're sitting in front of us right here on stage tonight, and you're obviously become quite the young man with a lot of bravery. But but still, it it has not at all been easy.
2: Uh, When Actually, there was one day I just suddenly realized what I'd been through and uh, what it actually meant. Yeah. And I, and from before, I'd like, sit in my room and think about things. And uh, yeah, I was way ahead of people when it came to politics, when it came to... Um, did you have to
0: grow up quickly because of your experiences, in a yeah, sense? Yeah, in, in a sense, I did. So you had to try, in some sense, to try find some meaning out of the sort of the the, the traumatic experiences you had and the weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. And you succeeded. It seems like.
2: I wouldn't say succeeded, but
3: you made progress.
2: I made progress. Like I'm. Let's just say I'm still breathing. You're still breathing. So um, as
0: long as you're still breathing, I guess you could also say that there's uh, both hope and possibilities.
2: Yeah. Although there are, there have been days where I wish I weren't
0: breathing, though. But of course. Um, is that part of sort of also f- sort of actually feeling sort of the weakness of it as well? That it's absolutely. made you it's made you who you are yeah
2: but I think that the feeling of having nothing to lose um, means that um,
0: it, it makes everything like worthless it's understandable mm-hmm. but yeah. with that perspective as well is it also perspective that when you have nothing to lose you also have everything to gain
2: yeah yeah Although it's not quite like that.
0: Um yeah,
2: I can but understand. you can more um, I have learned to be uh, a lot more tolerant towards people like I I know there are people who have it worse than me, but I and I know there's people who have it better than me but are still suffering from depression, anxiety and such things. Yeah. And in many cases, uh, especially common amongst women, actually, since the female gender by nature has more empathy, uh, it's more common for them to uh, suffer from depression related to feeling like they're not good enough for others or or blaming themselves for being sad when there's people who have it worse. And I have some friends who struggle with that. I'm not. I'm not going to mention names, but and I uh, would try my best to just uh, make things clear to them, like uh, what may cause this, and for them, they act. It actually helped.
0: So basically, through you sharing of your story, you're al- able to help other people to gain sort of perspective in life. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know the solution to my own problems, but I can use my own experience yeah. to help others, I think.
0: That's very good, and that's very meaningful it sounds like as well. What about you, Simon-Andre?
3: Well, I myself have experienced the darkest side of society, from when I was in kindergarten until like 10th grade with bullying, like getting beaten up for Mm. nothing, teachers just standing there watching. I learned to just close myself up. Mm. So you got disconnected in a sense.
0: Yes.
2: Same with me actually. I, I was also bullied for a long time, so I know what that's like.
0: So you, in a sense, you disconnect and go within yourself and start isolating yourself from other people as well? and sort of Yes, in a sense. Yeah. Because
2: you'll do anything to get through, to find at least one way you can get through one day without getting beaten up. Yeah.
0: So it's all about just trying to find something to hold on to, some yeah. sense of hope or some yeah. sort of right perspective.
2: And that becomes especially hard uh, when the teachers would take the side, would side with the
3: bullies. Like mm. right, you, d- you learn to distrust adults, teachers, like adults in general, mm. uh, while still in a young age experiencing that stuff. Mm. Your brain just stops.
0: It doesn't want to trust anyone anymore. It doesn't want to trust anyone. What, What has sort of been the lessons behind this? What have you learned so far?
3: Like, there is always something to lose. But there is also something to gain out of any sort of situation you're in. Yeah. And in my opinion, today's society, if I may, is shit compared to what it was back in the days when probably some of you adults were young, like, started school,
0: all of that stuff. Yeah. So you have quite a sort of a negative perspective on sort of the cultural phenomenon that we live in today, in today's society. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I want to thank you two for coming on stage. Uh, Please give them a round of applause. We had two boys on stage previously. Uh, I would have to say it was quite open and honest. And we really got to see also what sort of the the weakness or the beautiful risk of, of showing weakness and sort of showing us who we are as human beings in terms of what we've gone through and what we've experienced. And I was wondering here now, with all of you here, some thoughts, on how we can sort of continue this, Jim? You seem to have made up some thoughts on that already. I think it was very courageous of the young men to do what they did.
6: But it also made me think about the importance of how one gets to a place in life where your friends are so important. Mm. And the meaning of friendship is a, a reciprocal. We give and we take. We show one another our vulnerabilities and we get support from Friends, and I think it was a, a, a wonderful, a beautiful example of how two young men found a friendship that really uh, matters to them. So that was one thing I wanted to just uh, thank them for. Yeah. And the other was um, the courage it takes, or the capacity it takes to overcome mistrust and allow yourself the vulnerability of of um, taking a chance. Mm. to trust an
0: adult again or to mm. trust somebody in your life again and I, and I thought that was inspirational mm. so friendship and trust is, is essential parts of being human being in, in a sense mm. Mm. John?
4: Uh, the way Simon ended by saying he thought this world was a shit heap yeah. <laughs>
0: I, uh, <laughs> I I think he was referring back to your generation as well that he thought that things were easier and better back then?
4: Well, absolutely, Uh, and uh, it was such a creative time then. Uh, I was uh, uh, starting with computers uh, that worked with punch cards, and at the top of a punch card it used to say, do not fold, spindle or bend, Mm -hmm. and because it wouldn't work. Uh, And this guy uh, was naked, or or perhaps he had a swimming trunks on or something. (laughs) But he'd made himself a a costume. Uh, And he was there in the march with a big punch card round him. And he said, do not fold, spindle or bend. I am a human being. Mm. (laughs) And uh, it was at a time when uh, I really thought that... uh, There was a certain kind of consciousness that uh, a lot of people in the world were being squashed and and being repressed and being humiliated. Uh, And so many people were recognizing that and that something was going to be done about
0: it. Mm. But but do you share Simon Andrea's sentiment that society today is shit? I do. You do?
4: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
4: the amount of injustice,
0: you know. So, so in a it
4: almost makes me weep to say it. Yeah. The amount of injustice, the humiliation at work. Hmm. Uh, my wife uh, was in the British National Health Service, but uh, was so humiliated hmm. day by by uncaring uh, managers who knew nothing about he- health care, but. Uh, Knew about budgets and spreadsheets and so mm. forth. Okay, England's doing nothing pretty much about the refugee crisis, or at mm. least the British government in. Mm. And all of a sudden, you find little local groups all over the country mm. have gathered together stuff yeah. and are just doing it. The so government's not but people. In a sense, the aren't.
0: consciousness that you referred to that were back in the 60s. It hasn't been quenched completely by sort of the engulfing system around us. It's still alive. Yep. So there is still a hope and a belief. In one
4: sense, it, it can't, it can't ever die. Yeah. It, it cannot. Those, uh, even the rich bastards would not know who <laughs> and the fuck they are.
6: You can edit that bit from the
0: television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the swear words, not the sentiment. Sheila, what about you? Yeah. Is society just shit
5: today? I think it's there are a lot of parts of it that are shit today. Yeah. But I always have hope.
0: You have hope.
5: I do. Um, and I, you know, for all of John's lack of uh, <laughs> joy, I know he has hope too. It's, um, you know, I was touched by uh, Simon and Lars' conversation and also by their friendship and what i was thinking is you know, this the beautiful risk of mm. weakness mm. is exactly it you know when we can make ourselves vulnerable to each other mm. then we can build relations mm. and when we have relations we have the resources that you know start accumulating and multiplying the more relations we have the mm. more resources for addressing the things that hurt us, the injustices we face, mm. and so forth. So you know, it's really isolation is the problem, mm. and society today is the master of isolation, mm. with all our mechanisms and ways of you know having efficiency, which isn't efficient. Mm. Um, so, it, but you know, we saw in them, we saw this great hope, mm. and that's the, that hope is what drives me. I refuse to let myself be pulled down Mm. by the injustice and the isolation and rather use that as sort of a cry to arms you know to Mm. more of us talking about the things that we are talking Mm. about here need to do more work and keep at it yeah
0: because that's probably one of the positive things that we are actually talking about this and it's so important to continue this conversation and I guess, make people more conscious again. Because as you're saying in society where it's so easy to sort of escape and just isolate and basically disconnect through the technology, through other people, through the school, everything.
5: Yeah. Something something that you said to the boys, which was, you know, you're you're so reflective. You Mm. know, you're really reflecting on Mm. things. And I think, you know, a symptom of society is usually no one reflects. If mm. you say, why did you do that? Yeah. People say, "That's because that's the way it's done. Yeah. That's what we always do. So mm. I think in many ways, it's very simple. If we invite people to into a reflective process constantly, mm. we, I think we'd have less um, violence and injustice.
0: Mm.
7: Absolutely.
0: Twitter yeah. you have some thoughts to share as well?
7: I think it was wonderful to hear uh, Lars and uh, Simon and actually, they were saying some wonderful things, and uh, I was very eager, and I take, took, even took notes of what they were saying. <laughs> but now I've forgotten the notes somewhere. But I think, I don't. I think it was Lars who said, uh, "I don't care what I am. It's not important mm. what I am to find out what I am." Mm. I liked that very much. And then he just told about. Uh, you asked kind of what was uh, the meaning for you about this camp, mm. and then he says. That's where I met you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's a kind of happening there mm. at this camp that make a difference. Mm. Something happened and that really made a difference. It's about friendship. Yeah. And then you can, you can say that society is shit, but, but, but what is society? Mm. Where is society? Society is all these uh, events going on and uh, arenas we mm. meet. So this event here is society. A conference is society. Mm. The camp is society. So society, as if it is something you can define and judge if it's shit or not i don't know mm. so 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 then uh, and then again things happen perhaps in spite of the systems in mm. these cracks yeah so 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 when he tells his story that's where i met you mm. those kinds of events happen despite anything and perhaps that's where the hope is yeah I that think so. even if you're in this system or that system, those events, those meetings, mm. those things happens. Thank God. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah, God. And yeah.
6: And for me, and, and, if I may, I, and um, when that happens, people have a sense of optimism.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: So from a, a position of feeling hopeless or that life is is awful, mm-hmm. we bump into some uh, opportunistic moment mm-hmm. and we make the best of it. Mm. And I and I think that's where I th- I'm listening to this conversation, and I'm thinking, I work with uh, families who would say that their life is is not good in one way or another. It's a terrible distress. But if, if we were to indulge the idea that there's only the terrible distress, mm. then we're not doing any therapy. We're just become, becoming terribly distressed with them. Mm. Um, so the, 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 there has to be within this some idea of optimism, mm. some idea of possibility, not naïve utopian notions but Mm. some notion that things can change otherwise Mm. why would we believe in the creative potential of the people we see when we we work with them
0: yeah so basically by looking through these cracks in a sense if we can imagine that one person goes in and he finds a crack and then he says hey come here look through this crack and the more people that sort of gathers together in a sense the more sort of the curtain almost will open up, some more sunlight will shine through in a sense? Uh, I did go through the 60s and uh, thought it was fantastic. You had some fun, it <laughs> seems <laughs> like. We know why, I But,
5: uh,
4: <laughs> but uh, uh, at the same time, uh, I, I've uh, also read a lot of the fairly uh, ancient philosophers and mm. so on. Uh, and one of them is uh, Jim Battista Vico uh, Italian philosopher of history writing 1744 Mm. Uh, and he uh, he talks about uh, human societies human cultures going through cycles Uh, and he talks about what he calls a second barbarism of Mm. reflection Mm. and he he writes very poetically Uh, and the phrase that I remember he says uh, despite the press of their bodies mm. they live in a deep solitude of will and spirit mm. and the the crazy thing is that uh, uh, although you may say isolation uh, it's there we are 24/7 in continual contact with each other creating this sense mm. that we're isolated right. and we're mm. not mm. Right. In each one of those little meetings, there's an opening for doing it differently.
0: Mm. Sheila, I'd like to ask you that question. As John is saying, that we, we do live in a very interconnected world today, and everything sort of influences, influences everything else. But in terms of how much information that we're processing in today's world as well, how do we slow things down?
5: I don't know that slow down is the direction or the, mm. the move to make. But I think what I'd like to propose and what I, I do propose always is let's let's move away from the metaphor of information and processing information and instead <laughs> instead not focus on you. And me, Mm. and when we come together, you know, what happens? But focus on the in between. Like, what is it that we are doing together? Mm. And as we do what we do, what are we making? What are we creating? What possibilities are being Mm. constructed? What constraints are being constructed? Mm. Because there's always both. You know, every move in a conversation, every move in a relationship opens some doors and closes down others. Mm. So that it's not a utopian. Image we're looking mm. for, but we're looking for that kind of awareness instead of focusing on the person and what's what's wrong with that person. Mm. I'm part of what's wrong with you. Mm. You're part of what's wrong with me, just mm. as we're both part of what's good about us. Yeah. And that's that's the the mentality or the
4: mm.
5: the discourse, as I would say, that we need to step into. And I, that's what we are here talking yeah. about. So. What I would say is there's nothing more important for us to pay attention to yeah. than the interactive moment. The right now, The right what's now, happening yeah. now? What are we doing? Mm. And it's very powerful.
0: Mm. Turudai. do you have some practical tips maybe for how to find back to the magic of the moments? No, it
7: just happens. It just happens. You have, just have to be there when it happens.
0: <laughs> so so that's lucky, very well
7: said, and, and you and just have there, to be you there. You have to just go on and hope for it to happen. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking these two boys again, they were talking because he said, I I have to go back. He said, I met you and said, you were weird. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that too, because (laughs) often we think that to be together, we have to find the right words Mm. to uh, like express ourselves, to share our inner thoughts Mm. and uh, put words to what you, you think is meaningful in your life. In a in, in kind of way, what they I, I, I thought they were saying, that when we are together, what we are talking about may very well be nonsense things. Just joking, mm. just doing weird things, ju- being together, mm. laughing, joking, uh, whatever. So there is a kind of thinking, especially among us, therapists and so on that we should find the right words for the situation we are in the right words for the future the right Mm. words for anything and find the meaning Mm. but to be together in meaninglessness or just the weird that i know i think that's a place where i want to be
0: I'm feeling pretty hopeful now, to be honest with you.
6: I'm glad it's doing you the world again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
0: I was like, the uh, whole society is shit. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree with that in many senses, but at the same time, whew, these are these are really good things.
5: I just want to add that you know we live in a culture where doing the right thing mm. is so important. You know, and as experts, as professionals, you mm. know, am I following the right steps? Yeah. Am I doing this? So to kind of let go of that mm. and just be with another. Yeah, It's very hard. It's not easy, but it's, it should be natural.
4: Yeah, There's a marvellous little phrase from Foucault that I like where he says, uh, most of us know what we're doing and why we're doing it, but what we don't know is what our doing does. Mm. Mm. And that uh, doing what I call that imaginative work, to mm. think forward... Mm. to how what you're doing now is going to affect all Mm. the other people around you. Mm. Mm. It is a tremendously difficult piece of imaginative work to do, but it's very necessary.
0: Thank you so much for coming on stage with me. It was an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank
6: you very much.
1: hope, hope, is there a hope, a tiny glimmer of hope, I daren't believe, I can't believe, can anyone give me a hope? wandering in a desert with no drink or food like jesus i've a tempter. his intentions far from good i haven't got our savior strength his courage or his might how can I keep upright? Where shall I set my foot? Hope, hope, is there a hope? A tiny glimmer of hope? I dare not believe, I can't believe, can anyone Give me a hope. Hope is part of love, faith and charity. If there's a life, there's a hope. And hope must live in me. Igveit i himmeryk, ei bok, hos skinn som soli flore. Der er ikke søt, der er ikke søt, der er ikke grovt og
7: tørre.